Keith has been talking about what? The kingdom of God. And in talking about the kingdom of God, there is an area that just came up real strong. And I told him, I said, I've told y'all this the last time I preached. I like to let Keith see what I'm going to teach on before I teach on. Because he is the head. Okay? But I shouldn't do it before he preaches. Because Friday night, he preached his sermon and mine too. So Lorna says, I told Lorna that. And Lorna says, so what are you going to do, Mrs. Moore? Get another one Saturday? And I said, nope, I'm going to preach the same one. So I told him and he said, oh, I just set it up good for you, Phil. Now you can just pick it up and take off. So I said, yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's what we'll do. You know, you never get everything anyway, you know. So we'll just go from there. And you'll hear some of it again. So we'll just pick up and go from there. So what I want to talk to you about this morning is being ambassadors for Christ. We live in a kingdom that he's been talking to us about, and we have a great king. Is that right? I mean, a great, great king. We are serving a king, and we are the ambassadors for that king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and we are kings for that king. Now, we have, what's her name, Condoleezza Rice? And she goes out, and she represents this country. Is that right? Now, do you think that he would pick her and that she would just be able to go out and do just exactly what she wants to do and say just exactly what she wants to say and act just exactly the way that she wants to act and he would have picked her? Why do you think he picked her? Because she thinks like who? Why do you think he's trying to get that judge in there? Why do you think he picked Judge Roberts? Oh, y'all are getting the picture real quick this morning. Okay, so ambassadors should think like the king. So we should think like who? Jesus. So let's look at some scriptures this morning and we'll go from there. Okay, Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Keith said uh, last night at about 10 o'clock when I talked to him or 11 o'clock whenever it was when he was all done. He said, what you do today? I said, I worked on my stuff. He said, all day? I said, yeah. He said, if I'd have worked on it all day, we'd have spent the whole week at church. He said, y'all don't want me to work on mine all day, do you? I said, that's right. No, we don't. He said, you're agreeing with me too much on that, Phil. I said, yeah. <laughs> well, how long were we here Friday night till 1030? You know, yeah. So, because he read my notes ahead of time. So, <laughs> so, but anyway, so 2 Corinthians 520. We'll just read that first part. You guys have got the picture of what I'm talking about. Anyway, it says, now then we are what? Ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled unto God. The point I want you to get is that we are ambassadors. The Amplified said, so we are Christ's ambassadors, making his appeal as though it were through us. We're doing things for him. We are Christ what? Christ personal representatives that's what i want you to get christ personal representatives we personally represent him so if you don't get anything else this morning get that phrase we personally represent christ now is that bible we are personally represent him most of you know my story most of you know the story about 
Keith and I had a wonderful marriage when we first got married, right? Hey, now y'all quit laughing so fast this morning, right? How many of you don't know that story? Oh, my. Y'all must be new around here. Okay, then I have to tell a little bit of it. Too many of y'all. Well, when Keith and I first got married, I was the best submissive wife you would ever want to meet. I did everything the way that he would like it done, and we never had any troubles. No, that's a lie. When Keith and I first got married, we had a few wee, wee bitsy problems. But I never really explained to you some of the reasons why. Keith and I didn't have any problems because we didn't love each other. We fought to get married. I mean, we rebelled to get married. We ran off and got married. I mean, we wanted to be married. We had been together since we'd been in the seventh grade. I mean, we were going to be married. Whatever it took, we were going to be married. It wasn't that we didn't care about each other. It was issues that I don't have to tell you about. (laughs) That I could hide from you. You wouldn't tell me about yours. But because I care about you, I tell you about them. It would be real easy for me to hide them. But because I want what's best in your life, I tell you about them. And the issue as to why Keith and I had problems is this morning's sermon. Christ ambassadors. You wouldn't know it, but that's why. We went to Ramah, and here we are at Ramah, and Keith's studying the Word, and he's getting full of the Word, and he's learning about all these things, and he's decided that Phyllis is supposed to be the example for Christ that she's supposed to be. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Turn with me to another scripture. Better do that before we go any further. First Timothy. This is our youth scripture, but this was the scripture that caused Keith and I trouble. It wasn't because we didn't get along. This is part of the beginning where Keith and I started having trouble. We didn't have so much trouble before we went and started trying to do these things, but this is where some of the trouble began. And if you want to be honest this morning, this is where 90% of you are. Now, I'm honest about it. You don't have to be honest about it, but if you want to be truthful with your own heart, this is where a lot of you will find yourself in here this morning. Now, you know one reason why I yell and I shout for the youth and for the kids is because youth and kids like things real. They will not put up with fake. They won't put up with false. We start out in there, and you can sense it just as real. If one of the kids is being fake or phony, they'll go, hmm. Even the other ones will. And it's like they got to straighten it out before they can go very much further. Well, maybe it wasn't quite that way, you know. And you can pick up on it. Youth and kids like things real. You walk into the kids' classrooms back there, and they'll just spill their guts about anything. (laughs) They'll just tell you. They don't know it's wrong. They just tell you. And the youth, that's one thing I enjoy so much. That's why I just love it so much is because they like it real. They want it real. They don't want no phony. They don't want no fake. They want the facts. They want it real. This is our scripture. 1 Timothy 4, verse 12. 
It uses the word youth in this, but I want you to think about your youth as a Christian as we read it. It says, let no man despise thy youth, but be, ooh, here's the word I didn't like, an example of the believer. Why? Because we're ambassadors of the king. In word, ugh. in conversation, ugh. in charity or love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Now that's where my troubles began with my husband. That one little scripture right there. That's where it began. That one little thing. That one little short word right there. Example. Did you hear him tell it the other night? It was one Friday night. He said, Phil, you're an example. And she'd say, I don't want to be an example. He'd say, Phil, they're watching you. I'd say, well, let them take a picture. Maybe it'll last longer. I didn't tell them to watch. Why do they have to watch? Hey, I didn't want to be an example. I mean, he's teaching at Rama. Why do I have to get up and put all my makeup on and fix my hair? Because they're looking at him. Okay? Why do I have to care how I act when I go out? Why do I have to be nice to everybody in Walmart? Because I know he's a teacher. Why do I have to be an example? I don't want to be an example. I just want to be my fleshy self. Okay? So we would have trouble. Okay? We were supposed to be on church on time. Okay? Because he was a teacher. We're supposed to be there on time. Because the teachers were supposed to sit in a certain place and it kind of looked bad if we were late. Right? Would it look bad if the teachers are late? At that point in time, the teachers were supposed to all sit in a kind of front row section over there, you know, and they were all supposed to be on time. And he was supposed to play the piano, so he was even supposed to be earlier than the rest of them. So we were supposed to be an example for everybody, you know? Well... I didn't like having to get ready in a hurry, you know, so I rebelled. And I'd clean the house, and I'd get ready when I wanted to. And everything else was priority, except for being ready on time, you know. And um, I'd do it my way instead of being the example. What did these things say? It said, um, let's see. Be an example in word, in conversation, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Now, how many of you in here knew what that verse said? Anybody ever read that verse before? Where's the youth in here? Any of the youth ever read that verse? Yeah, I know they read that verse before. So, ambassadors have a certain protocol, right, that they're supposed to do. And they have certain people that they represent. So for me, 
At that point in time in my life, I represented Rama. I represented Brother Hagen. I represented Keith. And I represented God. Whether I wanted to or not. Do you understand that? Whatever I said, if it agreed with what Keith said or not, people thought it did. Do you understand? If I said, uh, the scripture says this, well, and Keith was teaching totally opposite, you know, they thought Keith said that. Whether he did or not. Because I represented him. You understand that? So what happens in those situations is you're representing somebody and people are thinking you're saying what they say and I'm saying what Rama says. Brother Hagen, it used to aggravate him so bad. He'd say, I never said that. He'd say, where did they get that from? I never taught him that. People would go out and say, Brother Hagen said this. His favorite was, um, you go as much by what the Lord doesn't say as by what he does. So if the Lord didn't tell you to do something, let's see, make sure I get it right. Um, that means it's okay to do it. He didn't say that. It meant if he didn't tell you to do something, that meant don't do it. But they use that as it's okay to do it then. And he didn't say that. You understand? But they're representing him like he said that. Okay? So, ambassadors. When Condoleezza Rice goes to another country, do you think that she knows what she's supposed to say? What are two ways that she represents the country? What she says and the way she acts, what she does. Okay, let's look at the scripture before we go into that. Ephesians 5. Turn that with me real quick. That example word. Ugh was a thorn in my side. Y'all never said that? Take a picture, maybe it'll last longer? Yeah. 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 I was not rebellious. <laughs> Ephesians 5.1 Be ye therefore followers, or the Amplified used that famous word, examples of God as dear children. Walk in love, as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us, as an offering or a sacrifice to God or a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become saints, nor filthiness, now this next part, or foolish talking or jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this know that no whoremonger or unclean person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of God, of Christ and of God. And then look at Proverbs. Let's just put these up on the board. Y'all look at the board real quick because there's several of them here. Proverbs 10:19, guys. In the multitude of words, what? But he re that refrains his lips is wise. So in other words, if you're talking a lot, what's happening? You're sinning a lot. Ecclesiastes 5.3 For a dream comes through the multitude of business, but a fool's voice is known by what? 
Ecclesiastes 10.12 The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. Gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. Ecclesiastes 10.14 A fool also is what? And a man cannot tell what he shall be or what's after him. Who can tell? So it talks a lot about talking too much and being a fool, right? Over the years, most everybody in here can agree with these things. You come to realize talking is an issue, right? And we as ambassadors of Christ learn real quickly. Does it seem like Condoleezza Rice talks a lot? Does it seem like that Roberts guy that he talked a lot? He was real selective with his words, right? And that's what saved him and just got him on when he was supposed to be gotten on. I've learned over the years, I myself talked a lot. Brother Hagen talked very, very little. I mean, very, very little. Most people thought he was absolutely rude a lot of times because he talked so little. Quiet. I've kind of categorized it this morning, and don't raise your hand as to which one you fit in. I'll tell you which one I fit in when it's all done, because you know me, I spill my guts about myself, but you don't have to tell me about you, you know, because I don't be mean to you, I just be mean to me. So this first one, I think a lot of people fall into. The insecure, nervous talking. It's the person that's usually cracking jokes, being funny, trying to be funny. Do you think they make a good ambassador for Christ? Do you think they make a good ambassador for the king? They're all the time making fun of themselves or making fun of their spouses. They're insecure about their appearance or about their status in life or about their weight or they're insecure about something. So they got to crack a joke to keep it from getting back onto them. So they're trying to keep the spotlight off of them. So they're always making fun of things. And not only are they making fun of things, but in today's society, they've almost gone to the opposite end of the spectrum and done TV talk is what I call it. Making talk about things that in today's society have become natural things. But in my mind's eye, have become loose talk, like bathroom talk. Talking about this person's in the bathroom or talking about parts of the body that shouldn't be talked about in mixed company. We've lost the standard in our society. Do you think ambassadors for Christ, do you think Condoleezza Rice talks Bathroom talk in her conversation with these national leaders. What about us? As we're representing Christ, does it matter what we talk about? We are representatives of the king. We represent someone. Now, I'm telling you, these were things I, Phyllis Moore, had trouble in my marriage about. 
Because I would not watch my mouth. And I wanted to say whatever I wanted to say, whenever I wanted to say it, however I wanted to say it. And I did not want to put my flesh under and control what I said. I just wanted to speak and say and do whatever I wanted to speak and say and do because it was easier. And that's what we had trouble over. Because we would be in company with a lot of ministers. And we would be in company with people that it would embarrass. What Proverbs talks about. The woman or the wife that brings shame to her husband is his rottenness in his bones. Yeah, that is in there, ladies. (laughs) Whether we want it to be or not, it's in there. And that was one of the things, Keith will tell you, that was one of the things that the Lord had to correct him about, that he wasn't supposed to be teaching me about, that the Lord was supposed to be teaching me about these things. Do you all understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. That he wasn't supposed to be correcting me, that the Lord was supposed to be correcting me about these things. And so the Lord got on to him about that, so that we had trouble from both directions in regard to this. But I was still wrong. You understand that? That didn't make what he was doing right or wrong. I was still in the wrong for doing it. And I would just talk things and say things, whatever came to my mind, almost in a rebellion because I think, I don't want to be an example. You can't make me be an example. You can do this if you want to, but I don't want to be an example. So the insecurity, because I didn't feel spiritual enough, was part of the reason. And I think if I talked these things, it would get, because he was studying and he was learning and he was doing these things. And I would think if I would get it off of that, that we wouldn't get onto the spiritual side of things and something wouldn't come up that would embarrass me that I wasn't spiritual enough to stay in the conversation about. You understand what I'm saying? So I'd get it on the other side. Okay? The insecure person. Don't talk about, you know, things. Let's bring up our standard. Let's not talk about the bathroom talk or the body part talk that we shouldn't talk about. Let's bring up our standard a little bit. Let's be representatives that we need to be representatives about. If you'll check your heart about it, the Holy Ghost will check you about those kind of things, about what you should. Then the gossip talk or the tell-all person talk. The person that has to know everything about everything in order to tell everybody about it. They have to hear every conversation that everybody knows in order so that they can tell everybody. You know, in olden days, they used to have the party lines. Y'all remember those four party lines? And you, some people got very proficient at picking up that phone so that they could hear everything that everybody was saying without anybody knowing that they were picking up that phone, you know. And they could tell you everything that was going on in the community and then some, okay? And they got very proficient at that. You know, well, that's not okay. And, you know, just because you know something don't mean you should tell something. And then you've got the person that, along with that gossip person, is the person that finds out something and they go to the person, and this is probably one of my personal favorites, and they found out that something happened to Mr. Fred here, you know, and he's been dealing with something. And they say, Mr. Fred, they try to make it real spiritual. I heard about the situation you've been dealing with and I've been praying for you. Liar. They just want you to know, they know. You ain't prayed about it one day, one second, one moment. But you want them to think you've been praying. So you say, I've been praying for you. You hadn't prayed. Be honest with them. Heard about what's going on? Bad. That's bad. <laughs> you know? But why would you even do that? When they don't even want to hear about it. It's a bad thing. They want to forget about it. 
Why do you want to bring it up to them? Heard you had to file bankruptcy. That's a bad thing. Golly, so bad. Why do you want to bring that up to them? That's not a good thing. Just because you know it, you got to bring it up to them? Is that love? No. Love covers things. So we don't have to tell everything we know. Okay? If you're going to be honest about it, do pray about it. Okay? So the gossip tell-all person. Be real with them. Okay? Then the show-and-tell person. Y'all know what that means? I use that term all the time. Keith says, Phil, people don't know what you're talking about when you tell about that. The show-and-tell person is the person that always has to be seen. No matter what's going on, they got to be seen. Do you think they make a good ambassador for Christ? They always have to be seen. They have to be in the spotlight. They have to be noticed. They have to be the one that's getting all the glory. You know? They have to be the one that everybody recognizes. If somebody else is trying to talk, doesn't matter. Theirs is better. Okay? The show and tell person. It doesn't matter what you have, theirs is better. Okay? Got it? Got all the detail on that. Don't need to go any further. Okay? Proverbs 12.3 says, The Lord will cut off the flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. They'll even lie. They'll exaggerate. They'll magnify just to impress people. Matter of fact, most people that are show and tell are real good liars. We've had people, I can't tell you the number of letters and emails and things that we get on a daily basis that got to tell us their doctrine. It's not to bless us or their songs. Why do they want us to hear about all their doctrine and all their songs? Why? They should be doing what God's telling them to do. It's to impress us with them. Okay, we don't write people and tell them about our doctrines and our songs. You know, we just do what God's telling us to do. Okay, so that's another thing. Okay, then the prover. You understand what I mean by that? The prover. If you say it's blue, they say it's blue-gray. You know that person? It'd be like, you know, you're trying to win a country. You're trying to get them to come over to your side or something, you know. And they say there's no bombs there, you know. And you say, well, it's a mini-bomb, you know. you got to prove something. The prover person. It's not a mini-disc, it's a micro-disc. You understand what I'm saying? It's always not exactly it's the prover, the know-it-all. They're always got to prove. You'll understand what I'm getting at when we go further along in the story about why I'm being so detailed about these things. The prover person. It doesn't matter how you explain it. They've always got to come at it from another angle and prove you wrong. Okay? Like, you know, you've always got the person that hears a sermon and it's all good but this one point. You know. Or, you know, the, this chair is blue, but really it's black-blue. You understand? The prover. Okay. So, uh, then you got the last but not least person, the always talker that never shuts up. You ever been around them? They never shut up. 
You cannot get a word in edgewise. Doesn't matter what you have to say. You can't squeak a word in if you want to. They have an opinion about everything. They just never shut up. Never. Doesn't matter what the topic is. They always have something to say about it. They always know something about it. They have something to say about it. They just never shut up. And it doesn't matter what time of the day it is, what time of the night it is. They're always talking. Okay. Do these people make a good ambassador for the king? Do they make a good ambassador for a country? Do they make a good ambassador for anything? Any one of these categories. Okay. Which one do y'all fit in? Y'all want me to tell you which one I fit in? See, y'all do. I kind of fit into every one of them. I kind of fit into, I get insecure sometime. Get full of pride sometime. Every one of us do. A little bit of every one of them. Kind of working on every one of them just a little bit. I'm a lot better about the insecure thing, you know, than I used to be. But every once in a while, i got to prove something. Get aggravated and got to prove it. No, I'm right about this. Now, don't mess with me anymore about this. I'm right about this, you know. Still got some of that. But I'm growing in it. Okay? But I'm honest. I know where I'm at. I'm not going to lie to myself about it. But if you don't, if you don't look at yourself and you don't judge yourself, what happens to you? You get judged. So it's real good to judge yourself. Then you don't get judged. So I want to be, I've gotten past the point where I don't want to be an example anymore. I already know, okay, you're an example. So you might as well do it upright, okay? Okay? So um, let's go on to the next thing. Proverbs 21, 23 said, He that keeps his mouth and keeps his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. And James talks about, I think it's James 1, 19, uh, be slow to speak, quick to hear, you know. Uh, let every man be swift to hear and uh, slow to speak. Yeah, that's a good thing, right? So uh, then the second thing, how to act. Does it matter how we act? Does it matter how we act? Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Everybody turn there to this one. These were some of my problems too. Now, y'all don't have any of these, I know. So I'm just reiterating what I had problems with in the past. I thought it might interest y'all this morning. Y'all like to hear about other people's problems, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Tell you about my problems and... Maybe it'll help you help your friends or something. Maybe you'll place your friends in one of these categories or your mom or your brother or somebody. Yeah. Second Timothy three. Verse one. Our second point is how you act. If you're an ambassador for the king, say, I'm an ambassador for the king. I live in a great kingdom and I serve a great king. You said it. Okay? Second Timothy 3.1 But understand this, that in the last days will come set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. For people will be what? And utterly what? Lovers of money, aroused by inordinate greedy desire for wealth, proud and arrogant 
contemptuous boasters. They will be abusive, blasphemous scoffers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful and unholy and profane. They will be without natural human affection, callous and inhuman, relentless, admitting to no truce or appeasement. They will be slanders and false accusers, troublemakers, intemperate and loose in morals and conduct, uncontrolled, fierce, haters of good. They will be treacherous, betrayers, rash, and inflated with self-conceit. They will be lovers of sensual pleasures and vain amusements, more than and rather than lovers of God. For although they hold a form of piety, true religion, and deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it, their conduct, bellies, and genuineness of their profession, avoid all such people, turn away from them. What happens in the end times? People become self-centered. Think about their selves. Only thinking about what they want. This is the part of the problems where I got in trouble. I didn't want to get ready on time. I didn't care if people had to wait on me. And it's really a bad thing. Ask yourself this question. And um, all the married guys, close your eyes. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. Every married guy in here, close your eyes and put your head down. I'm not, I'm not playing. Y'all quit laughing at me. It's not funny. I'll cry. Tell Keith on y'all. <laughs> when I got married, I wanted to be with my husband. I got married because I wanted to be with my husband. But it got to a point where it was too much trouble to be ready when he wanted to be ready. So it got to a point where he wound up doing a lot of things by himself. How many married women in here? Don't raise the hand closest to your husband. (laughs) And the person on the other side of you, raise your hand close to him so they won't know it if they raise their hand. (laughs) How many of you married women in here have wound up, your husband winds up doing a lot of stuff by themselves because you're not ready on time? Yeah. Yeah. It's not fun. Or just nod your head. Yeah, that's an easier thing. There you go. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why'd you marry him? Guys, looking open your eyes. See, so I had to come to a conclusion. I married my husband because I wanted to be with my husband. Do you understand my point? But it got to a point where I was so selfish that I didn't want to get up. I'd rather, I just got my priorities all mixed up. You understand what I'm saying? I'd rather make the bed than put my makeup on. I'd rather my house be clean or the dishes be in the dishwasher than my clothes be on. Oh, it got quiet in here. But why did you get married? You can't be an ambassador. You think it doesn't matter. But it's so important. You can't be an ambassador for Christ if you're never ready to do what he needs you to do when he needs you to do it. And that was my problem. We would need to do something for God, but I was never ready. I was always late. 
that was part of our problem. Now, I don't have to tell you these things, guys. These things can be embarrassing. So we would fight. F-I-G-H-T. Because I wasn't ready. But the dishes were in the dishwasher. And the bed was made. And the house was clean. And the towels were picked up. And the washing machine was running so that the towels could be ready to be put in the dryer when I got back home. And the dishes were ready and the house was straightened up. But I was not ready to do what I needed to do with my husband, nor was I ready to be an ambassador for God. But I was ready to have a fight with my husband. You can't be an ambassador if you're never ready. If you're always running late. I know we had some people that used to travel with us. And I'll never forget it. We were at a church one day. And I loved this person. They feel like part of family to me. I've known them for years and years and years. We, now listen to this. We, my husband, the person that was speaking at a large church. The church probably had um, 2,000 people. This has been 10 years ago. We were at this church. The pastor and his wife, my husband and myself, the woman's husband, were sitting down in the van for 30 minutes waiting on this wife to come down because she was not dressed ready for us to go to dinner. Is that okay? Never. Why would it be okay for the whole world to revolve around you? Is that love? Never. But it's your lifestyle. It's people waiting on you. Selfishness. Self, lovers of self, self-centered. If you have to get up an hour early and get your makeup on and your hair done, get yourself up an hour early. Be ready to be an ambassador for Christ. You married? Hey, you married? And some of you may not like me after that, but that's what the Bible says. Adapt yourselves to your spouse. Okay, next one. Okay. The next one is um, nosy. I'm going to just step on some toes and sweep under the rug. And Hey, does it matter how ambassadors act? Can you be late all the time if you're representing the Lord? Does it matter if people come in late? If we're always late every time we have a service that we're supposed to go to for the Lord. I mean, Keith had people that's supposed to be playing music for him before and they show up on the platform late. He says, he looks at him, he says, hey, we had some people that were starting out playing music here for us in the beginning. And they came in late. I looked at him, I said, hey, late one more time, out. They came in late the next time, I said, mm, out. Out. You do not represent the Lord that way. Period. There's no question about it. Out. I don't get to do it, so why do you get to do it? I had to change, so guess what? You have to change. If I can put my flesh under, then you can put it. wasn't easy on me either. And I didn't like it. So if you, I have to do it, then you have to do it. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> Nosy. I can't stand it when people go in people's houses and start plundering through their drawers and their medicine cabinets and stuff like that. We stay in all kind of people's houses. And I tell you what, I have never opened a drawer or a medicine cabinet in someone's house. Never. I've never done it. 
It's just rude, rude, rude. God can't use people like that. If you have to be nosy, if you have to open somebody's purse, if you have to look in somebody's Bible, if you have to just be just nosy for being nosy. Now, there's instances where you have to do something, but that's not for the spirit of nosiness. There's a spirit of nosiness. And you have to cut those things. Those are called flesh spirits. Given into your flesh. It's not something you need cast out of you. It's called F-L-E-S-H. So that's enough said about that. Okay. Um, hint droppers. Always wanting people to do stuff for you and give stuff to you. God can't use people like that. If you're all the time an ambassador for Christ and you're dropping hints for people to do things for you and give stuff to you, he can't use people like that. Okay, complainers. How many of you like complainers? You're always around people that are complaining. Ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors for the king. You're always complaining. To your husband even. To your wife even. You're always expecting people to do for you and you're never doing for others. Guys, how can you be an ambassador for Christ? What if, I keep using her because you all have the picture in your mind that that's what she does, go to nation after nation, Condoleezza Rice. What if she got up every morning and complained all day long? What if she went to one of these other countries representing us and she woke up that morning and she was in one of these foreign countries? What's another nation's leader? Somebody name somebody off. Tony Blair. Okay, yeah. What if she went over to Tony Blair and she says, you know, Mr. Blair, you know, I just got a headache today and it's just bad time for me today. You know, can we just, I know we've planned this for a year, but can we just put this off today? You know, it's just a bad day for me. You know, I've been having problems at home. My husband and I've been having a, she's not married, but anyway, my husband and I've been having a fight today. You know, it's a bad day, you know, and the kid's been acting up, you know, and, and things just not, my head's kind of giving me a headache today and, you know, my stomach's kind of bothering me. And oh, this bursitis is kind of acting up today, you know. She's human. We don't know how she is spiritually. Do you think she's got physical problems? Do you think she's got to deal with anything when she wakes up in the morning? Do you think she feels like getting on a plane and jumping four continents and going around the world? If she can do that for a country, what can we do for our King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Do you think it's always fun for you? How do you feel all the time when you get up to? Do you know how we feel when we get up to minister to anybody? Do you know how Keith feels when he gets up to minister? Do you know how Miss Lindsay Roberts feels when she gets up to minister to anybody? No, you don't know, but you have to. You have to get up and put your shoes on and put your makeup on and fix your hair and do just exactly what you're supposed to do, no matter how you feel. You do it. And you are an ambassador and you do what you're supposed to do. The next thing. Um, this is a, one of the ones that Keith used Friday night, you know. We went to a meeting recently and it was really funny because I'm, I was sitting next to a minister. There was two ministers here and then, then I was kind of like sitting here and then there was a guy here and there was an empty chair here. And, um, I was kind of sitting there. And if you ever go to meetings with ministers, you know, ministers that have been in a lot of meetings you know a lot of ministers that have been in a lot of meetings 
they have been in a lot of meetings, you know. And if there's nobody around them, they will stretch out just a little bit and stuff like that. But there's a lot of ministers there. They're very concise, and they just kind of sit in their chairs and got their Bibles on their lap. But then you've got some people that are really, really spread out people, you know. And this guy, I'm telling you what, he had his water, and he had his Bible, and he kept pushing further and further and further and further. And me and the other ministers just kept having to move out of his way, you know. And it was like, take over territory, you know. It was like, I'm here to get something, you know. And Keith just kept laughing and laughing. He was speaking, and he just kept looking at me and just shaking his head and laughing and laughing because he knew what was going on, you know. Because that's one of my pet peeves. It's like, hey, I'm little, and I don't at airplanes, because Keith is big. And so I have the habit of trying to give him space. You know, he's broad in the shoulders and stuff. And so a lot of times we wind up sitting seems like invariably between I sit between two big guys you know because they'll do that because my shoulders are not real broad and so I'm like this a lot of times you know and so you know you try to give people their space you know and stuff like that so uh, be respectful of other people that are around you be respectful of other people's territory and other people's turf you know and don't just if you've got purses and bags and stuff don't just try to leave it there and hope nobody's going to sit there Be respectful of the other people around you. Don't just take over your turf and stuff. Now, this next one is really important to me, you guys at Faith Life Church and stuff. You know, you think I'm getting off territory here, but you'll understand, like I say, when we get close to the end. And uh, we're not close to the end, so don't, I'm, I learned from the best, you know. So, um, notice those around you. Have you learned today's society Doesn't it just disgust you when you're trying to eat your nice meal and somebody blows their nose right next to you? Some of you laughed and some of you didn't, so that means you're the ones that's doing it. Don't do it. Get up and go to the bathroom. Be an ambassador for Christ. Represent him well. It doesn't take, men should be men and ladies should be ladies. This is not, here's another word you'll learn from me, frou-frou. Do you know what that means? A lot of people call it high society. I call it frou-frou. There's a difference between frou-frou and respectful. There, You know, you don't have to be uh, frou-frou. Frou-frou is like haughty. Y'all know frou-frou now. So if I ever say frou-frou, y'all know what it is. Frou-frou is too good for anybody else. Frou-frou is, hmm, you know, if you turn your head up too high, your rain will go down, you know. <laughs> um, that's not good. That's not good. But there is such a thing as respectful of yourself, self-respect. And ambassadors for Christ must regain that. They must regain a self-respect and a self-worth is what we've lost. Worth for oneself. That you carry yourself in such a way that you respect yourself. No one else respects you more than you respect yourself. If you don't respect yourself, then the person next to you will not respect you. So... Um, there's still things I'm learning. See, like, I'll tell you my things. If you ever see me doing it, you'll know Keith doesn't care for it. So, you know, I tell you these things all the time. So Keith doesn't care for me putting my lipstick on at a restaurant. He thinks it's not ladylike. 
See, I tell y'all off of myself, so. If you're doing it, that's you. He, I'm talking about me. He thinks there's proper places for doing things. I've learned so much from my husband, you know, about being proper and being a lady that, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, never learn, you know. And how he learned it is just from the Word. It's just from his heart, just from the Holy Ghost, you know. And I learn them from the Holy Ghost too, but I ignore them. <laughs> you don't do that, I know. Yeah, see, I tell y'all things, but y'all, you know, you have to do them. You know, you can't ignore them. And so, if you're in restaurants and you're blowing your nose and things like that, it can be a turnoff to the person next to you. Okay? Burping. You know, people get around people and they begin to know them a little bit. And they think it's okay because, oh, we're family. <laughs> Losing self-respect. It's not respect that they would have for it. You're losing self-respect. Self-respect. I'll say it. Guys. <laughs> go to the bathroom, please. You are an ambassador for the king. Even with husbands and wives. You are ambassadors for the king. Would you like for your husband to still respect you? Would you like for your wife to still respect you? There are reasons why there's been respect loss in marriages. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. Let's go on. (laughs) You know, one reason why people do not like people with money. Would you like to know why? Because their attitudes change. Because they get frou-frou. They get too untouchable. They get frou-frou. We at Faith Life Church are going to prosper. Every person in here is coming up. You're going to prosper. You're going to have things. Somebody in here is going to have a Bentley. Y'all may not know what a Bentley is, but it's a step above a Rolls Royce and some, you know, and so, uh, you know what a Rolls Royce is, you know? Okay, so he's believing for a Bentley, so when you see him coming his Bentley, it's gonna matter how he acts. Okay? It's going to matter how people act when they drive up in their Rolls Royces. You understand this? When you get out in your Rolls Royce at the theater or at the Walmart, Do you understand what I'm saying? Or at the restaurant, the Ruby Tuesdays, or at the McDonald's. You're still going to go there because you have to witness to people. It's going to matter how you act. Okay? That's going to be the difference as to whether or not people accept what you have to say. That's going to be the difference as to whether or not we continue in our prosperity. It's not how much money you have. It's how you act when you get the money. You don't have to try to impress people. You just have to be impressive. There's a big difference between the two. It's when you get out of the car and you say, oh, get in. It's just a car. Look at it. Get in. 
Like what Keith said about my motorcycle the other day. It's just a motorcycle, little boy. Get on here. Drive it. Kick it. Scratch it. I don't care. It's just a motorcycle. God will give us five more. That's what matters is the love that comes across with it. Now, this is really important to me. This next part. Another part I'll get to real quickly is um, the loud cell phones. Cell phones have become an issue. If you're talking on your cell phone and you're in a vehicle or you're around somebody, at least be respectful enough to them to turn it back away and don't carry on your conversation there with them, you know. Be respectful with them. Uh, why do people have messy bathrooms and why do garage sales and shoe sales have destroyed tables around them? Why is there just destruction? Why is there stuff just... Towels everywhere and water everywhere. Self-centered. Only thinking about yourself. Okay? Wipe the counter. Pick up the shoes. Be the example for the next person that walked in after you. Be the ambassador for the person that walks in after you. Okay? I know I'm covering some really fun things here. Okay? We're having fun, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Then this next one is... um, the most fun one of all. Um, when you go into a restaurant, I even took the time to do some things you'll see here. And um, you go in there and um, you want your food your way. Have it your way. I figured it up here. And I wanted to show you how much fun it is for your choice of having it your way. You get to um, talk to your waitress and you get your meal and... Um, she didn't get it the way you wanted it, or your waiter. And you get to get pushy about it, and you get to get rude about it. And you forget all about this ambassador thing, right? Nobody's ever done that, right? Nobody's ever had a bad day and taken it out on their waitress, not here at Faith Life Church. So um, this is kind of the stuff Keith was talking about Friday night. You know, chewing out your waiters and waitresses, chewing out the people that are waiting on you, chewing out your bank tellers, chewing out people that you're dealing with and stuff. Look at this just a minute. Say you paid the whole whopping price of one of the nicer restaurants, $15, $16 a plate for a food here in town. You know. Say you walked in and you parked in a parking place. And you paid $16 for a plate of food. It probably cost... A dollar to park. The building probably costs possibly two dollars to go in the building, you know, for them to have a building, right? You probably went to the bathroom. That's probably a dollar. A table and chair, probably a dollar. Silver, a dollar. Lights, electric, a dollar. The watering stove to cook with, a dollar. The cook's a dollar. Dishes, you know you're going to want it clean because you're sure going to fuss if you get a dirty plate, a dollar. Salt and napkin, a dollar. Plate, a dollar. A glass, a drink, a refill, a dollar. Your whole meal, the possibility of maybe two dollars. A busboy, because you're not going to clean up after yourself, a dollar. So you get to chew your waitress out for the whole bargain price of... Anybody keeping track? A dollar. And you lose your witness for the whole bargain price of... A dollar. Is it worth it? See what I'm saying? A whole dollar. Get to chew a waitress out for the whole bargain price of a dollar. 
And the thing about it is, that waitress or waiter is someone that you should be doing what to? Being an ambassador for the king. Ministering to. Because that person is probably, if you'll notice, has been on their feet for hours. Probably has a child at home or probably has a a life of their own also. But now, you can see the flip side of the coin too. Some of them are rude too. Right? I mean, they're not easy to get along with. So, uh, I think I found a verse for that though. Uh, Turn with me to Luke 6.29. And I'm getting somewhere. We're almost there. Y'all ever heard this verse? Luke 6.29. And them that smites thee on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. And him that takes away thy cloak, forbid not, and take the coat also. Skip down to verse 36. Be ye merciful, even as your Father is merciful. The Amplified says, to the one that strikes you on the jar cheek, offer thee also the other jar cheek. And to him that takes away your outer garment, do not withhold your undergarment as well. Keith laughed when I showed him this. He said, Phil. (laughs) So if they give you fries instead of a baked potato, give them your baked potato too. Get the point? If they take away your coat, give them your undergarment also. It's not saying you can't tell them. That they gave you fries instead of a baked potato. But it's the heart of it that matters. If God says give them your coat. What's a few french fries? How many of them almost lost their salvation in a restaurant. To the people around them. Hearing them chew somebody out. Over a meal being wrong. I don't know at the times we've gone in restaurants. And gotten a completely wrong meal. Especially Keith, it's just been the funniest thing, but he'll eat anything. (laughs) And he'll say, he'll look at him and he'll say, you know what? I've never had this before. I'll try it. (laughs) This looks good. This looks different. What is it? And he'll eat it. You know, especially, you know, we're traveling with the Hagans and stuff. And Brother Hagan will say, send it back. He'll say, nah, I'll try it. You know, just not make a scene about it. Now, it's okay to say, you know what, I'm not so sure this is mine. And they say, oh, no. And you can tell they're a new waitress. If they mess up again, you know, you know if it's been a bad day, you know the situation. If everything's going okay and it's just not a big deal for them to get you some, you know, a baked potato, you know the circumstances. You can pick it up in your heart if it's okay to tell something or not, you know. But if you can sense in your heart, how many of you in here have the Holy Ghost living inside you? Okay, right. You can tell if it's okay to tell something or not. If you sense that it's really not a good time to bring something else up to them, hey, eat the baked potato instead of the french fries. You know, if your steak is a little more done than what you like it today, well, we like well done today. Glory to God. We just love burnt today. Yeah. (laughs) Doing good on burnt today. Yeah. And besides that, ain't that person in here couldn't handle going without a little bit today. So you sewed $15 into this waitress today or into this restaurant today. So you went there and you got a bad meal twice. 
Who said you had to go back the third time? Who tied you down? Unless the Lord said go back and minister to him. Who said you had to go back? You know, love. Love is the most important thing. Let's look at a couple of other things. Psalm, and turn to these because it, it won't hurt you to mark them in your Bible. 112.5. We are ambassadors for a great king. We are kings of the king. Psalm 112.5. A good man shows favor. And lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. That means not pitching a fit. Proverbs 15.2 The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools pours out foolishness. We don't have any fools in here this morning, do we? Absolutely not. Now, I've told you some of the reasons that I messed up in here and who I was representing at the time. Now I have a whole different representation. I represent God, first and foremost. I represent Keith. If I say something, do you think that I represent what Keith thinks? Absolutely you do. I represent this church. I represent myself. Who do you represent? Do you have in your mind, when you walk out of here, who do I represent? Does it ever cross your mind when you get up throughout the day? Who do I represent? You should have it in your mind. I represent, when I get up in the morning, I represent dot, 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 dot. And you may not have the troubles that I had being an example. You may be smarter than me and not as rebellious as me. Or you may be in more denial than me (laughs) and not want to deal with it. And you may not have someone as strong over you as I had over me that holds you to a standard. I thank God for my husband. Because had he not have held me to a standard, I wouldn't be where I am today. Most people don't have that standard in their life. They have a standard of, okay, if I want to do it, I'll do it. If I don't want to do it, I won't. And they go through life on a lower level than what they have to. Because they don't have to answer to anyone. The only person that most of you answer to is yourself. We try to come in here and say, this is the standard, guys. Okay, guys, step up, step up, step up. This is the standard. But you walk out those doors and you do what you want to do. And some of you we confront and we say, oh, whoa, 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 that's not the standard. That's not the standard. Step up. Do this. You're supposed to serve here. You're supposed to serve there. And you look at us and you go, who are you? I don't have to answer to you. Who do you think you are? But you know what? This is this natural life. But when you get to heaven, God's going to say, hey, you were supposed to answer to them. We're not going to make you. But when you get to heaven, he's going to say, hey, hey, da-da-da-da, you were supposed to answer to them. Just because we don't make you don't mean he's not going to. Everyone has someone they are supposed to answer to. 
whether you submit or you don't submit is between you and God. We're not going to take your arm and break it and say, hey, do it. I'm thankful. I am so thankful that we were put in a place where Keith was put in the structure of authority that he was put in. God put him under Brother Hagin. He submitted to Brother Hagin 20-something years. I mean, and he did what Brother Hagin said, the way Brother Hagin said it. Brother Hagin said, sing, he sang. Brother Hagin said, jump, he jumped. Brother Hagin said, go here, he went here. Brother Hagin said, go there, we went there. wasn't optional. 20-something years. He said, Phil, be an example. No. Phil, be an example. No. Further and further, we got apart. Phil, be an example. No. Further and further apart. Finally, one day God got a hold to me. I said, you're either going to be an example or you're going to be apart. I said, okay, I'll try this. Okay, I'll try a little bit more. Finally, I submitted. And I became an example. And I did what I was supposed to. And look at the blessings that came with it. Now, some of you are still over here. And the blessings are not there. And they can't be there because God can't bless rebellion. He can't bless you doing your own thing. But the thing about it is, we are ambassadors for the king and God has a call on our lives. We are not just a church to be a church. We are a church to do what? To reach the world. To reach the world. So in order to reach the world, what has to happen? This one has to reach this one. This one has to reach this one. And this one has to reach this one. Now, in order to reach people, what do you need? Lack of a better word, bait. Bait. So what are you? Bait. You may be a worm. You may be a shiner, as they call them. I don't know what all kind of bait there is. You understand what I'm saying? You may be some kind of lure. You understand what I'm saying? But if you talk all the time, you're not very good bait. And if you blow your nose at the table, <laughs> or you pass gas right in front of somebody, or you're late and you miss them all together, you're not very good bait. Our job is to win souls. Our job is to be ambassadors for Christ. Our job is to win this world because the time is short. And your only reward when you get to heaven is not going to be sitting in this chair in this church. Your reward when you get to heaven, he that wins souls is what? Wise. Does it make a difference on my notches or my reward when I get to heaven how many souls you win? Absolutely not. It only makes a difference for you how many souls you win. Only for you. So does it make a difference what kind of bait you are? Absolutely. So you need to be the best kind of bait that you can be. You are an example. You are an example for Christ. You are his bait. 
You have to win souls. The youth have to win souls. The children have to win souls. Okay, so we are ambassadors for Christ. We have a job to do for God. So it matters how we act. We are examples for Him. It matters what we do and what we look like when we go out of here. It matters how you dress and how you look. We should look the best. Does it matter how you look when you walk out? Does it matter where, how you act? Do, yes, 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 yes. It matters what you do. It matters how you act. It matters if you're an example. Does it matter if we have all these ministers come in here, week of increase, and we treat them rude? Does it matter? Do they affect people? Absolutely. They affect a bunch of people. So if they affect people and we affect them, then what happens? It multiplies. Okay? So every person that you affect and they affect, this just multiplies. And it affects people all around the kingdom of the world. How many of you understand that you're an ambassador? How many of you take your job serious? Only about a half of the crowd raised their hand. I mean, I don't understand why people wouldn't want to be an ambassador for God. They're like me. Rebellious. It's a fact. And that's where I was. And that's where they are. And you can't change people till they want to be changed. I mean, as hard as he tried, bless his heart, that's where our problem was. As hard as he tried to change me, he could not. As hard as he tried. You cannot change people until they are ready to change. Until they want to change. Until they want to do the things that they are supposed to do for the kingdom of God. And you want to help them. Because whether they realize it or not, their healing depends on it. I was reading in, um, I guess it was Psalms, about um, a faithful ambassador uh, brings health. You know, you want health? Be a faithful ambassador. You know, there's so many things that come with being a faithful ambassador. And so uh, if you want health and you want prosperity, be a faithful ambassador. There are so many things that are connected with this that we didn't even get into this morning. But it matters for your sake. It doesn't matter for my sake. I've already determined in my heart I'm going to be a faithful ambassador. I've already gone and tried the other route. It doesn't work for me. You know, so uh, you can try it if you want to. I guarantee you it ain't going to work for you either. You know, it's hard on your flesh, it's hard on your body, it's hard on your mind, it's hard on your spirit. It just don't work. But if you want the blessings of God, you want the good things in life, be the ambassador that God's called you to be. It's hard to watch what you say. It's hard to watch every word that comes out of your mouth. I'm not going to pretend with you. If you have to watch everything that you say and quit trying to be nosy and quit trying to get into other people's business and quit trying to, you know, do the things that you've been doing... It ain't easy, but it's worth it. It's worth every minute of it. But once you do it, it's easy. Once you start changing and making those changes, the grace of God is there to help you to do all the things that you need to do. Stand up with me. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.